0: Hello, and welcome back to Beyond Meaning, the hidden science of thought. I'm your host, Tsai Oikeoises, and we're live with Season 2, Episode 3. On our last episode, we actually went over everything that was discussed in Season 1, and we juggled with how we can approach our current awareness, our current state of the show to these concepts as a way to, well, if it's a circle, it's just picking up from a different part of the circle, you know, so like it's, yeah. So it's essentially the same cycle, but if the foundation that had to be initiated was the first expression to the thinking model presented being the entire cyclic circle, then, when you revisit the circle, when you go over it again, it's gonna just make more sense. So that was my intention with it, you know? And I feel like a big portion of why I love doing the show and just talking to the microphone and even just going over these ideas to begin with is not only to share it with the outside world, but it's also as a way to just walk my own subconscious mind through my aware conscious mind's understanding of, well, the metaphysical, physical, just the constituent reality that I have come to just define through, well, the definition of everything. Um, I do want to pick up from where we left off, dimension in intent. So without further ado, let's set the stage. We closed our last episode with a conceptual model that plays a role in influencing our inner and outer world views. We also talked about how our awareness creates our motivations and the way in which our subconscious uses flow to realize our desires. I want to start this episode off, or well, this recapitulation, with a brief review of the limbic system. We've already gone over the limbic system a lot in this show. It's something that, like, I've really gone back to in a very consistent manner. So, I mean, unless you're just starting from this episode, which of you are, welcome to the show. But otherwise, you're going to be rather familiar with these concepts. And the reason we go over it is, well, I mean, it's one of those possibly needless to say things that i'm gonna say anyway but it's so that the subconscious mind you know our collective subconscious mind of all of us who watch and enjoy the show it's going to be constructing a sort of archetype of everything that is for example the conceptual model of the limbic system as it pertains to the beyond meaning show you know the podcast And that's essentially the ground for, well, not only because of the fact that we got a new mic, but it's like, it's um, pretty interesting for conceptualization and application when the entire collective can just agree to like the foundation and it could just move forward because then it's no longer a sort of, all right, Who's? it's a collectively constructed perspective that, that is molded by the isomorphic resonance loops within the emotional environment, you know? So So now that we are starting to further progress our understanding of these interwoven concepts, it's really interesting to go back and just discuss... How they can become more interwoven now that we have a rudimentary like just grasp on it or a very established uh, a very established across the board now that we have a Collective agreement of what these words mean and how just by knowing what the definition is it can be applied to Alright, so now that I know what this means. So when this meets that Then it creates blink. So I guess, I mean, depending on who you ask, (laughs) it's going to be a mental transmutation, a sort of alchemy of the mind within the spirit of the moment. You know, it's just like, all right, the existence of consciousness through the span of time is... It's the conclusive environment for the three-dimensional system. This makes way for uncertainty. the You know that extra edge or that threshold where it's either like it could go good or it could go bad? Um, That's what it brings you to, you know? And then in that moment of operation, Everything technically is reliance upon the actual conscious navigation of that emotional environment you know so based off of how the actions impact the chemical responses that will trigger the limbic system to well perceive cuz that's just an extra sensory model of perception albeit a non-physical one uh it allows for a more lucid understanding of well whatever it is that like the conscious entity is trying to make sense of so you know let's keep moving so we did talk about how our awareness creates our motivations and the way in which your subconscious uses flow to realize our desires uh, I want to start with a continuation on what I was talking about with the subconscious mind so when our subconscious mind becomes impressed by these subtle energies the result becomes that split-second reaction that that exactly what I just said that's the layer of uncertainty that triggers the fight-or-flight response it is this stimulus that sets in motion the loops the cogs of causal reality three-dimensional entropic reality. There are two kinds of loops when referring to the limbic system, resonant and or dissonant. Now that the stage is set, I do want to go ahead and say that this episode will be quite esoteric. And some of these concepts, they may seem far out to some of the individuals that may be tuning in for the first time. But if you've been following along since season one, then this is actually gonna just click. When a positive loop is introduced into a negative loop, there is bound to be some sort of frequency shift. This is a gradual transition of power from one state to another. There is a correspondence of energy in this aspect as we see the transcendence of the same intention, or primary variables that translate from one realm of the absolutes in the fabric of space, time, and awareness that creates the perceptual and relative absolutes in the fabric of space, time, and awareness. This is what creates a conscious state of being for the phenomena of the observer, you know, the realization within the space of time of. Well, the afterproduct of what happens when frequency intersects with the vibration that it is embodying. You know, so it's like conscious action and right thinking, like, you know, right thinking, right thinking and wrong thinking. Well, not necessarily wrong thinking because that just goes back to the duality, but, you know, it's like right thinking and then you could also have left thinking. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily like not thinking left or only thinking right. Uh, it goes back to what I literally just said two seconds ago, but that's just it requires the change of perception from like, all right, good and bad to like left and right, because it's like there's requirements for the ethical relativism that takes place in response to the perception of the limbic loop within each environment, each system, each corresponding layer of environments that the action would impact take a toe on and or not even necessarily take a toe on but like that would have an effect upon more precisely inside of the actual like sphere of emotional influence it's not necessarily like oh i need to be vulnerable to this environment no it's just like Our emotions are the driving factors that truly give us the motivation to pursue something we want to pursue. Rather than just like thinking logically about things, even if it's not like we're having full-blown, like emotional, like explosions, and not necessarily breakdowns, but like high, like emotional, like savantry emotional deviancy (laughs) emotional deviancy what but yeah whatever you would like to call it it makes way for a gradual realization that like awareness comes in waves irrelevant to like the outside world you know like this goes back to the term primary variable what exactly is that you know what's a primary variable let's look at it from this perspective So if our soul is the one spark of existence that carries over from lifetime to lifetime or experience to experience, then the essential variables are the elements of awareness or the patterns that carry over into each present experience. These variables shape and mold the internal perception of what becomes relative fact We can call these variables belief. These beliefs begin to encompass the soul into the environment where the variables are, for lack of a better word, densest. In other words, the soul does not particularly remain stationary, although it always remains present. The subconscious mind works in a similar way. I suppose that it would be practical to talk about the idea of soul at this time. The essence of soul can be seen as the smallest identifiable vessel that is inhabitable for consciousness. If that's too fragmented, which it might be, then try to look at it like this. Internalized data, which is another word for perceived data becomes arranged into the mental structures that make up the exterior world. Kind of like a camera, but more advanced. These mental structures are stand-ins for meaning. In other words, symbols and simulations. To quote Douglas Hofstadter, you make decisions, take actions, affect the world, receive feedback from the world, incorporated into yourself, then the updated you makes more decisions and so forth round and round. Thus is the self-recursive function. So yeah, this is the specific self-recursive function which creates the perception of I, the self, or the soul the symbols that are free from neurology and biological structure into abstract symbols this specific self-recursive function is what creates your perception of i the self or the soul the symbols are free this specific self-recursive function is what creates your perception of I, the self, or the soul. These symbols are free from neurology and biological structure into abstract symbols that are unquantifiable, such as those emotions of love, kindness, hope. Now to bring it off full circle, the more in tune we are with our limbic loops, the more we can understand what the soul or internal perception is trying to accomplish through communication between the subconscious mind and the conscious action mind. The more we can harness and understand our intuition and the more that we can effectively manifest the purpose that we came here to manifest, you could call it destiny, desire, whatever, Then, the more we can aim to maintain and establish a positive resonance loop, and the more likely we are to be in harmony with the vibrations that are also in harmony with our chief definite aim. So this is a segue into, well, the roadmaps of awareness, and it's a well not a crash course but it's an entire like cognitive. it's a it's a two-sided conversation that's what this is this is a two-sided conversation between myself uh my conscious mind and even like you know my conscious mind between my subconscious mind so it's a two-sided conversation between my minds you know it's like the subconscious and the conscious As everything I've established before, the subconscious is the giver of perceived information to the conscious mind, right? So whatever the subconscious allows the conscious mind to integrate into the perception, then it is by definition something that the subconscious mind deems necessary to its existence that's a that's kind of a lucid concept obviously but i mean it's one of those ideas that like if you just play it back and you listen to it word for word like you could sit with it and i mean it's going to impact you in one way and you could agree with it disagree with it but it is going to have an impact and you're going to be like all right well that's interesting that's a perception for sure um because it's like you gather the value of like all right we can't it, i don't necessarily i am not an atheist i believe in well if i'm here talking about souls it's obvious that i believe in god you know so uh if it is not like you know so now that we have established that foundation so like if we have been put here by god and we have been given the ability to harness our awareness and the tools to expand set awareness because we notice that once it starts to expand then the deeper the communication with that infinite intelligence becomes then as you go deeper and deeper with this like development of intuition or rhythm or awareness you know it's not necessarily it's free from societal culture it's a language that is primal intuitive and needs no explanation and the more that one opens their awareness to this sort of existence this limitless operational modality that comes from transcending the perceived perception and stepping into a more lucid interconnected you know non-attached for lack of a better word i guess or for um unconstructive concept to be honest so it's like because it's like if you're just self-recursing and you're just projecting from yourself the own your own information that you gathered from the outside world, then you need to gather that information from a higher source, you know? And where is this higher source? How do you cultivate it, you know? So it's like if you deny this in front of, like, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily agree with these beliefs, then they're going to just try to label you into, like, a box. But if you just sit with it and, like, I mean, if you have found the voice of god to put it in that terminology then you are very familiar with the ability to i guess channel the message of infinite intelligence you know that's a pretty good word that i've been using for a while we are all connected to this infinite intelligence and the way that our conscious mind it it perceives this infinite intelligence is by the connection that it has to the subconscious mind that gathers the intuitive information that is drawn from the limitless and boundless realm of infinite intelligence this raises the question all right so if i am a conscious individual and i was put here by a god then why am i here right so those are the Hardcore questions that, like, you would just begin to ask yourself. And if you don't begin to get the evidence that fits your relative narrative, then it's a lot easier to just discard it and discredit it as non-factual because of the fact that, well, evidence is in the pudding, you know? Like, I mean, if I can't see it, then I need to believe it. That's a very logical foundation to the world, you know? It's a very safe one, especially in society that is very... Two-dimensional, But we have created society as a way to just shield ourselves from, well, I mean, the outside, you know, the cold night. Uh, sure, technology advancement is just part of our nature, but I feel like uh, the big just increase in not only capitalism, but in just the breaking away from the hunter-gathering paradigm that we used to participate in has not only been a byproduct of just uh, evolution as a whole which it has been I'm not negating that but it has also been as a way to maybe just run away from the concept of god you know like I mean run away from the concept of like a higher spirit or a higher energy that is beyond the veil of perception and well I'm not saying it's like a like a emotional being that like mediates our senses and all that stuff. It's more so like maybe a just alright, so a tree is born, right? Like a tree, a tree branches out and it creates its own awareness, right? Within that tree, birds are gonna live in it, insects are gonna live in it. But the tree doesn't necessarily put them there for For any particular reason. It just exists as a byproduct of the tree. The tree is aware that it's there. And if the tree weren't there, albeit... I'm saying that word a lot. And if the tree wasn't there, then you can go ahead and just assume that the insects would be born somewhere else, or that the birds would just go somewhere else. But you could also assume the opposite, you know? It could also be that just it's not true, you know? That's the concept of uncertainty. That's the unknowing that you know for a lot of concepts here like you know you can just go ahead and say all right it's just the factor of unknowing but we don't work with those variables but the thing is that these probabilities are actually influencing the perceptions these probabilities are actually influencing the course of actions and the unfolding of not only technology but also civilization and consciousness and interconnection you know it's the con the it's the process of all of this coming into one refined centralized state and i guess this is what terence mckenna actually well yeah we could all suddenly talk about this now so now that we're familiar with recursions and the concept of the self-referential patterns that that extrapolate from one point of view to another, as a byproduct of the uh, entropic nature, the thermodynamic vision, or whatever you know, you've been following around this long. Then the byproduct, excuse me. Um, then the byproduct of all of this would be what Terence McKenna would call the time wave theory, and it's essentially a value for novelty and habit as the two factors that influence the constituency of reality within, well, our perception of this realm, you know, this fabric. And he actually lined it up with the I Ching, which is how, well, Eastern Chinese culture, I believe, does their method of divination, similar to tarot, but in its own regard. Um, And he found that when he lined up two of these, you know, so Terrence McKenna cultivated the time wave theory and he states that as there is more novelty, that there are two constituents in this uh, realm of existence or in this reality. And that's uh, novelty and habits. So if there's more habits, then there's more just stagnation in humanity. But if there's more novelty, then this is like the, flourishment the flourishing of the arts and then like with the time wave, there is a sort of a ripple and like jump or spike within the ability for more novelty or more habit to be uh, pouring into this, uh, I guess you could call it world, this realm, this reality so it's a very interesting concept that can tie into the concept of self-recursions you know these are all these can all go into one another even though they weren't built from each other they are just in the same school of thought to put it in these terms so once you reach this like i guess realization like you you know all right it's time wave it's the time wave uh then you take it a step deeper and like as we know terence mckenna is like the was one of the many grandfathers or forefathers of the psychedelic uh they pioneered the psychedelic realm for well us modern us modern people you know like i mean it wasn't even that long ago but i mean it's thanks to them they brought it to the light that you know there is more to these substances than what you know most people have been told and when you start to just accept yourself and like you go into these into these experiences with the intention to just wow, what, what, what's on, what's here, you know, like, what, what is it? and you just open mindedly allow that to merge with you, then you come back with some very profound interconnections that, like, you would not have been possibly able to make because of the fact that, well, depending on what substance, for example, psilocybin it just interconnects other avenues of the brain. This is just very common, commonly known research at this point in 2021. May the 1st is today. And it's a contemplation of just like, all right, well, I mean, I'm obviously part of something else. You know, like, I mean, it's pretty difficult for, like, you know, I mean, I believe that I, in my personal case, i have spoken with many 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 people like if if anyone who i have spoken with has done five grams and up of psilocybin mushrooms we all have come to similar collective understandings understandments understandings that like yes it's just impossible to negate the fact that you know there is a perception or a sense of perception that people can tap into collectively And share the same experience, you know, like you could have the same psychedelic journey with someone next to you and you could see the same entities and you could see the same geometric patterns and shapes, but it's because you are at the same dose of reality. So it's called reality dosing. And if we are only capable of like perceiving one specific degree of light or hearing one specific degree of decibels or whatever, then the same applies to just what our pineal gland is capable of perceiving on its own, you know. So this goes back to just the raising of the kundalini serpents and then the duality that is the essence of life, you know, the journey of expanded awareness, the longevity. So it's not necessarily like it's this is my course and I'm just gonna get to it. That's like it's the it's a spiral and just a a a vortex uh, of energy and it's not necessarily the destination it's more so the art of the development towards the destination because this is what like all right so it goes back to what i was saying like it goes back to the concept of media and like consumption they don't necessarily want you to be independent of language and reference and society because if you're not necessarily within the the actual circle of like the ecosystem of society then you're not going to have a necessity for the things that you know you need to go obtain inside of society that's like a game you know that's what the game itself is you go you gain the game currencies and then you go cash it out at the shop but like it's not necessarily like how it has to be you know that's just one way of life that like it's just been shown and shown and shown and shown and normalized but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the only way that energy moves throughout reality you know and so the thing is that it goes back to how vocabulary is the mindset of okay so reality is created through thought And thoughts is inspired by mindset, and mindset takes shape through the vocabulary. So it's like if you are reading and consuming media, then you are perceiving the world through the author's perspective. But if you're reading and writing your own media, then you are seeing the world through your own perspective, if that makes any sense. I'm not necessarily saying like if you read some other author, like you're reading their thoughts and like they're like just brainwashing you. To a certain degree, it's true, but I mean, if you have a certain degree of desertion, you know, the counterbalance of that same degree, then you won't necessarily be manipulated by those ideas or those thoughts because of the fact that, like, your own... It'll transmit and it'll connect with the limbic loops of your own system, limbic system on itself. So that's really... That's really... So that's really interesting to just observe because of the fact that, like, you don't necessarily need to be next to somebody physically in order for them to make you feel certain emotions or have specific reactions and that's in my opinion the onset of what the media is accomplishing It's just creating more culture as a way to just connect it's as a way of connecting more people it is as a the byproduct of media connecting so many people is a radical influx in signification or not necessarily signification but in culture not exactly meaning and so there is a loss in translation because there is too much there's there's too many memes and not enough meaning you know so it's like maybe it's just like a bunch of nonsensicality that means something to someone but that's the actual theory of relativity you know it's like the eye of the beholder is where the true perception lies because of the fact that meaning is only administered by humans because of the fact that society is built around the meaning and value that a collective group give any set item or any set person so that's an essential that's an essential foundation that has been programmed into our own subconscious our own humanity by what i would like to consider the oversoul you know the 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 divinity the infinite intelligence and so by merging the unity of like the self with the community it is a way for the soul to Essentially, level itself up and uh, reach a higher dimension. Some could call it heaven, but it doesn't necessarily need to be any of that. Like, I don't necessarily think that. Like, I'm not going to talk. Well, yeah, obviously, I'm going to talk about my beliefs. Shit. Um, So, like, I mean, through my understanding with, like, you know, psychedelic experimentation, many years in a Pentecostal church, and many more years as a solitary practitioner of just well meditation and ritual and well magic i have had many experiences as to what i would consider just like what is beyond it and it's not necessarily anything that's conceptual it's not necessarily like we are just gonna like live or any of, of that like i mean the tibetans are pretty much on it with all their talk of the tibetan book of the dead you know the bardos so you go through those purging states and you meet all these demons on the path and like i mean if you fail at certain parts you just reincarnate again and that's essentially the thing though like i mean psychedelics help you reach that certain level of uh, consciousness where you can just exit the vessel you could just exit the vessel and go on the path to the more after if i want to say it in that way it'll make sense to you fellow psychonauts uh, so you go into like the more after and like you're just there and let's say you mess up or not necessarily mess up But yeah, like that you don't necessarily make it through all the other way like through the other side Then you just reincarnate back into the last percep- perceived moment So like it's kind of like what I'm saying is you step out of time you You delineate because it's like if anyone who's done psychedelics you realize it. like at a high enough dose time stops you can breathe and as you're breathing, you know, your body is breathing, but your perceived mentality its just fractalized towards infinity. And as you become more psychically aware of your own interconnections, as your own inner mechanisms become more subtle to your body, then you are going to be able to perceive realms outside of your own existence by Focusing that awareness into a streamline between the the between your two eyes, like, you know, like in the third eye, the pineal, you'll just project into it. And then you'll just, you know, that's just kind of like something that psychedelics teach you. Not necessarily anything that can be put into explicit words, but it shows you the fact that science is catching up, but it's not all encompassing. And while it's very interesting and not something to negate, it's a very valid Uh, it's a very valid algorithm in our reality it's not the all it's not it's not absolute not yet and uh, um yeah that's really it like i mean anyone who's really done psychedelics will have will just understand these uh concepts that we've just gone pretty deep into because of the fact that like you know like i mean energy work is the byproduct of like connecting with this like i mean you just you become more aware of like all every single dimension within like your own auric field and then you become intapped intapped that's let's use that word we be, we become intapped uh, with everything that is like our own vessel because it's like you exit the cycle of karma but can you truly sustain yourself in the realm outside of karma so if you can then you go ahead and you leave But if you can't, then that's fine, no stress. You just reincarnate to this, like, last perceived moment. And usually that's kind of, like, what death is. But, like, since you have no last perceived moment, like, what happens when your last perceived moment is death, you know? That's kind of, like, the concept that, like, the Tibetan Book of the Dead applies to with the Bartle Thodo, you know? Like, at a certain point, your soul is going to be, it's going to just realize, wow, I don't necessarily need to be dead. Like, you know, it's been aeons it's been timeless and i could just kind of go back and like step into my soul real quick but like it's not like it's gonna be i could step back into like any time in the past no it's more so this moment in the second that you're in is the perceived moment that your soul is only capable of realizing so it uses that as a way to beacon back into that moment in time out because like i said you're existing outside of time you step out of that space of time so, during these psychedelic expansions, everything just freezes, and you can just step outside of that range of motion. So, like, I mean, if we're familiar with the Flash, you know how he steps into, like, that quantum field or whatever, where everything freezes? Well, it still moves, but it freezes. Well, like, it's similar to, like, a experience on psychedelics, you know? Like, everything would just freeze, and then, like, you'll just be, like, if, if you don't know how to just release from your attachments you're gonna have an e like what people will call an ego death or you're just gonna have not the best experience but like if you realize that you're just like it's not gonna not be challenging you're gonna be feeling all your human emotions but like the more that like you are capable of just tapping into your own soul like i mean they the solar plexus and like the more that like you're capable of just aligning your own energy vessels you know it's, it's a it's a pattern it's something that like you work on and it's not not, it's not an overnight thing it's something that like you do across points in your life and you become more power not powerful but more aware of your own vessel power implies weakness and we are beyond the conceptualizations of duality because of the fact that you can choose to operate from a realm that Your actions are going to already impact any other realm, but it's not going to necessarily be determined by that realm that it is existing in. So it's not going to be anything that's going... That's just the concept, you know? And then like when you realize that, it's because you realize that you are connected to a divinity that goes beyond your own conceptions, beyond your own paradigms of exponentiality, and you just tap into that ever-present peace, that comes by realizing that you know so many have come before you in your own bloodline and you just realize it you just see yourself in the whole scheme of things and you realize that everything just makes sense the way that it has to be because it was put there by something way more evolved than you than you and I than you and me and when you just release and open yourself up to this epiphany you're going to at first it hurts a lot you know just even opening up because it's a stabbing pain you know it's a stabbing pain of like accepting and just realizing and coming to terms that like you know wow everything i thought was one way is really just not this way you know and as you start to step into that truth of like new identification self-identification it's not always gonna be the most pleasant thing but it's going to be more pleasant than like where you were in the first place because you are going to be I guess more aware and you're gonna be like all right, there's no way in heck that I was going to like allow this now that I see it there's no way I'm going to just like let it slide because it's like it's important to me to be my best self as a manifestation of something much greater than me you know so even if it's let's say even if it's just a internal conceptualization of like the world around me even if it's just the shit i'm telling myself to make myself sleep and be like productive then it's working so that's the thing it's it's a sound model of just living the life you live after you establish a sort of ethical background or a sort of Deterministic continuation that drives itself from the lack of necessity or the necessity-ness-less, The necessitylessness. The necessity That's a great word. It's the necessitylessness. Not necessarily it's the necessitylessness. Sit with it. I'll go ahead and type it in this week's description. But it's necessitinessless. Necessiteless. Necessitylessness. necessity Necessitylessness. Necessitylessness. Alright, alright. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean this was great. I'm really enjoying how like I'm I'm still not even done, like you know, but it's like it's it's fine, it's fine. I'm just chilling. Uh if I get into like another topic which would just be well actually this was everything that was season one, to be honest. Awesome, we did it, folks at home and me out here. But no, really, this teamwork makes the dream work. Each week, more and more views, more and more support, more and more just enthusiasm. So really, I'm grateful. It's really exciting for me to see this every single... Uh, well, it's been... I've been trying a new method. As you see, these are longer sh- These are longer episodes. I'm trying a new method. As you see, these are longer episodes. So instead of uploading every single week, I've been doing like, what, maybe two weeks or something along those lines, uh, I might get to a certain point where i try to upload something every week for one hour but i'm just getting more used to and more comfortable with like well it's just like the audio editing if like this is like a 40 minute production then the audio editing is like a what like a two hour process easily easily but i mean it's okay i mean it's fine this is just what i this is just what it is and i'm really enthusiastic about it i'm grateful Um, But yeah, fam, uh, this was a pretty awesome episode. Uh, I will be discussing the idea of the week this week, or well, now. And that question was, what is the biggest thing you have learned about yourself over the last 12 months? For me, I've learned that while my determination, my determination and motivation goes hand in hand with how much... I can see myself in something like the more I can define my why the more that's going to motivate me to actually go out and do something prior to that like it's one of those oh yeah it's intuitive like no shit but it's like I didn't realize how how interconnected the desire for me to have a strong foundational why like a strong reason to do something in comparison to like my goals or my ambitions like for example running a marathon like why do I want to run a marathon well, is it because I want to just prove it to myself or do I want to prove it to others? And when I'm like not doing it for myself, I notice that there's like a difference or when I'm doing it for myself through the perception, there's just a difference in like my hunger, if I want to say it in those words, there's a difference in how I tackle my, the adversity and the challenges, not necessarily the, the pain, because it's like, it's like, it's a struggle that doesn't need to be a struggle. It's whatever you make it. And I realized that like, if it was what I was choosing to make it, it's because there had to be a good reason for it, you know? And I realized that like, it's not that I would just like quit stuff and whatever, but now that I've been on this path since 2018, I know exactly what my habits are as someone who is trying to improve their own perception of the world. So it's pretty cool for me. It's pretty cool to see that like over the last 12 months, the number one thing that like, the biggest thing I've learned about myself is that if I have a strong why, There's literally nothing that's going to stop me like I just I see myself break through those barriers, those limitations with how I approach and how I look into why or how or the reason that I'm choosing to do something. And that goes back to being intentional. I've learned to really refine my ability to step into an awareness that allows for everything I do, every breath, every movement, every perception that comes out of my own physicality to be an intentional motivation towards my destiny, my chief, definite aim, my intention, my motivation. You know, it's, it is what it is, and that's what I've made it in my life. But yeah, I hope you've had a similar a similar experience with yourself in your own dimension um i hope you sat with it and like you took something of value from sitting with it for a while but yeah no now this week's question of the week for next episode is gonna be well what is the best advice you've ever received what is the best advice you've ever received Well, yeah, like always, uh, thank you so much for listening. I am grateful that, you know, we're closing off another episode. We shared our ideas. We expanded our ideas. And not only that, but we we really just decided to put some time and, like, spend some time together, you know? And that's cool. It's really interesting when, like, you know, people come with, like, a shared intention into, like, a space. And we just choose to exist here, you know? Like, I mean, it's not like we're talking or anything, but you playing this, even if it's me playing it in the future and me recording this right now, it's, it's there's, a, there's a connection, you know? It's like my end and then on your end, and then that creates like a frequency, you know? One point to another point. And it's really interesting because it's across space and time. And that's just like a very interesting, very literal and not like, mystical explanation of like interconnection, you know, like here is this podcast being recorded and edited simultaneously in like my own sphere of the world and like when you choose to press play and get to this moment, this timestamp, then let's see where you are in your like own perception and your own reality narrative, etc. And that's really interesting. It's just, you know, you just sit down to think about that stuff and it's like, wow. But yeah, um, I think that's it for this uh, week. Thanks a lot for listening and well, yeah, we'll be in touch. You know how to reach me, Cybeyond on Twitter Uh, or really just, uh, yeah, honestly, if that's if you want to connect, be sure to follow the show so you get notified when a new episode drops and um, well, yeah, thanks a lot. Signing out.